looking into Psalm 34 tonight. Uh, I guess you could, put, if you want to write in your Bible, you can put down there uh, a new beginning or uh, a renewal, if you would. And this uh, portion of Scripture parallels, these 22 verses parallels First uh, Samuel <clears throat> chapters 21 and 22. And so it's going to be a long introduction. Uh, and we won't even get into the first, second, and the third. There's only really three major points, but the introduction is probably as long as the three points. Uh, but uh, as we look at David, we, we oftentimes think of David as uh, this uh, stellar believer in God. And, and, and he was in his own right, in his own way, at, at various times in his life. Uh, but David had some ups and downs too, didn't he? Uh, David had some issues that uh, were brought about because of how he chose to handle things, especially when he was young. Uh, but uh, again, it's sort of the idea is that we can learn from this psalm and we can learn from the experiences of David when we stumble and we fall and we fall, that we get back up on our feet. That doesn't end our, our, our relationship and our walk with the Lord unless that's what we want to do. So there is a, 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 a point in time which we can begin anew with the Lord. And say, okay, listen, uh, pick yourself up, let yourself off. That was a stupid choice. That was a dumb decision I made there. And Lord, I don't want to do that again. Uh, and then we put things in place to make sure that we don't. But uh, this Psalm 34 is a psalm about a very foolish mistake, which David made. Not that none of us have. I think back over my life. <laughs> Good night. Uh, there's, not, there's not enough tablets in America to write all the mistakes I made back in those early days. But this Psalm, psalm 34 is a psalm about a very foolish mistake, which David makes when he was young and inexperienced. Uh, and so what are the particulars as we begin to make the background for Psalm 34 so we have a better understanding? And, and to be honest with you, many of the Psalms that David has written really are from his personal experiences, uh, the mistakes that he made or the blessings that, that uh, he received both in the, rest, uh, in the restoration process but also in the times he made good decisions along the way as well. And so uh, the particulars are this. Uh, number one is that David was under a lot of pressure. Now, uh, we may come under a lot of pressure. I was sharing with Steve a little bit earlier. I was reading, uh, I think it was on the Blaze, uh, Glenn Beck, and uh, uh, and he, he he's about ready to pull all whatever hair he's got left. He's about ready to pull it out, and he was uh, mentioning a school curriculum that's coming down from the state that looks like it's going to be mandated in the public school system out there, and it's a revision of history, which is what they do anyway. They re they revise history so it fits their narrative or uh, I'll be honest with you it's, it, it's very very emblematic of what uh, what uh, Hitler did in Germany to to the Jews you know you got you have to get people to hate them and uh, he did a good job of getting uh, the typical Germans to hate the Jews now not all Germans hated the Jews but there were many who did especially the younger ones because they're the ones who came up through their school system and they were taught and, uh, to hate the Jews and so on but the idea is uh, it's, it's against Christians because uh, the, uh, the curriculum blames uh, white Christians for coming over here to the United, coming over here to this new country and stealing everything from the Indians and, and trying to convert them. Now, they didn't really talk so much about the states. Initially, it starts in, in uh, Mexico where the Spanish came in and what really wiped out the Aztecs and the Incas are pretty much most of them down there because of, of simply just having diseases. Some of it was pure bloodshed. There was a lot of things that went on down there. Uh, and so it was Roman Catholicism. It was, it was under Roman Catholicism they came over here uh, to enrich their country back over there 
And of course, then they wanted everybody else to become Roman Catholics, and so that's what they brought priests over and tried to convert all the Aztecs. And well, hey, listen, we go into Indian tribes, and we we try to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them too, uh, as well. Uh, but at least we do it with the truth, not, not with uh, half-truths and so on. But anyway, the point is that they actually have in a curriculum where the young people will uh, uh, say prayers and they list off the, the Inca gods and the Aztec gods that they pray to. And these gods, I mean, the, the Aztecs and the Incas, I mean, they, w- they would slaughter their enemies. They would use them for human sacrifices while they were yet alive. And so it was, it was really, it was a... It was, it was a warring faction, faction just to begin with, if you would, but that is they had the students making these prayers to these idol uh, or these gods out there. Uh, but the whole idea is to really begin to turn another generation so totally against Christianity. So we, we don't have a lot of time to be able to reach the world uh, before we're going to come under, if the rapture doesn't occur, we're going to come under a lot of extreme persecution, more than we could possibly imagine. Uh, you say, well, isn't that going to be for the tribulation time period? Well, I, I'm not saying God's people aren't going to face a great deal of persecution before the time comes. Uh, I mean, already, I mean, it's been bantering around in, in the higher uh, in the higher uh, echelons there that, uh, uh, in fact, there was another article that was in there, too, that uh, this is the first generation where there are more people not going to church than actually going to church. Uh, so the numbers are constantly dwindling off, and these people, are, some of them are looking for, probably for any excuse they can, one way or the other. But anyway, uh, David was under a lot of pressure concerning his safety from King Saul, and we're going to slip, flip over to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21. And kind of, we want to get a little bit of a flavor here uh, for what's going on here. So that's where we're going to be mostly back and forth, but mostly in Samuel. And so in Samuel chapter 21, I'm going to get to it if I stop talking here, uh, looking at verse 10. In the beginning of verse 10, the scripture says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now, that was his first, that, that was his first big mistake. Uh, he didn't seek the Lord. He didn't uh, seek the Lord's counsel. It just simply says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Uh, the king of the land. Uh, did they not sing one to another of him and dance his saying, Saul is slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David laid up the, these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. But uh, verse 13 says, and he, and he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and uh, scrabbled uh, on the door of the gate and let his spittle fall down uh, his beard. Uh, then uh, said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see, this, you see the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come unto my house? Now, uh, he was probably doing that to some degree uh, simply because he feared for his life and he figured, okay, well, maybe if I can play, play a crazy man, I need to be in a straitjacket. Uh, the king won't do anything. What you have to realize is that uh, Jonathan's son Saul warned David that he was uh, no longer safe as King Saul had convinced himself that David was a traitor uh, who wanted to steal the throne. Well, David didn't want to steal the throne. David, the Bible is very clear, it says behaved himself seemingly when he went out and he brought, he brought back honor and glory to, to King Saul. So he was, he was faithful to the Lord, but he was also faithful to the king. And so, again, whatever Saul's problems were, that he was concerned, but God had already anointed David at one particular point, uh, in that he would uh, he would succeed uh, King Saul, and I believe King Saul knew that, and that's 
his excuse for trying to get rid of David. So it was a, it was a very uh, it was a very vulnerable time in David's life, uh, and under pressure he made a terrible mistake. You know that's why the devil likes to keep us under pressure, because under pressure is when we begin to make decisions that uh, well we don't take the time to pray for him, we don't take any time to bathe him before the Lord, uh, we don't get someone else maybe to help us pray for certain things along the way there, and we just kind of jump right out there. We make a choice, we make a decision, and, and how many times have you done that as a child of God? You've gotten ahead of God, you made a choice, made a decision, and then you look back and you say. Oh, Oh, no, I regret having done that along the way. Well, uh, David's in good company, and uh, we're in good company with David, if you will. So uh, uh, under that, so he, he, it was a very vulnerable time in David's life. Uh, uh, but the problem is that he leaned to his own understanding. And Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart, uh, and, and lean not to thine own understanding. And that's one of the, anytime you and I recognize that we're facing something that is... is going to maybe dominate us for a while. It could be a sickness. Uh, uh, I think it was the, uh, the, the owner and the CEO of a um, uh, restaurant there, uh, Texas Roadhouse, was it? Uh, he committed suicide. He, he, got, he contracted COVID, and uh, the effects of the COVID were, were long-lasting. He ended up with tendonitis and uh, ringing of the ears and uh, I guess a few other problems there and he just couldn't take it anymore and he shot himself. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, but uh, that was a rash decision. If he, Maybe he'd just given a little more time. Uh, things could have worked out differently and, and been different for himself there. Uh, but uh, when we're under pressure, we tend to have this problem. Uh, we tend to uh, hastily make choices and make decisions, and we lean to our own understanding, and that we might say, that, you know what, uh, maybe this is what God would have me do, or maybe this is what God would Don't say maybe this is what God would have me do. Wait a little bit, find out what it is that God wants you to do, then you go and do that. No maybes, God, maybe this, maybe that. And so he, had, he leaned to his, under, his own understanding, even though we're warned not to do so. And so David panicked. And that's what you and I do sometimes when we find ourselves between the rock and a hard place, whether it's financial or otherwise. Uh, we begin to panic. And so David panicked. His faith wavered, and he crossed over uh, to join with the Philistines uh, for refuge. Rather than going to God for refuge, he sought out the Philistines because he figured, hey, you know what? King Saul's never going to come over here. And King Saul's never going to look for me over here in the, in the land of the Philistines. And so uh, when David panicked, he became a different person. Anytime we turn our backs on God, we will turn to our own devices and we will alter our walk and, and our relationship with the Lord. Now, we're always saved. We never lose our salvation. But what about the fellowship? Whenever we get to that particular point in our lives where we panic and then we lean to our own understanding and we begin to make decisions independent of God, uh, I, I'm not saying God doesn't send counselors because he does send counselors or maybe he sends encouragers not to uh, uh, go in that particular direction. And I don't know how many times you probably have given advice to your own children about something there and they kind of went in one ear and went out the other ear. Uh, and so they were going to do what they were going to do. But at least as parents, we did what we we're supposed to do. We let them know in no uncertain terms, hey, listen, uh, this is going to come back to bite you. This is going to come back to haunt you. This is going to come back to get you. Uh, you're going to find yourself going through life with some extra baggage that you're going to wish you had never done. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they get. And then sure enough, somewhere down the road, uh, they begin to realize that, yeah, this, this thing, well, that was really stupid. Uh, I should have listened. But, of course, uh, we were young once, too, and I'm not sure how many of us were all that that can't you know, listen to mom and dad. I mean, after all, they're old. What do they know about <laughs> life? Uh, becomes our attitude usually. But uh, so anyway, David had uh, become foolish in his actions, 
and he made matters worse. And that's usually what ends up happening. When we get frustrated and uh, we rush into things, uh, we, uh, we, we end up making things worse for ourselves and maybe worse for others. So uh, he made uh, matters worse. Uh, uh, folks, if, if we believe that God has a plan and that God has a purpose in our lives, then when life gets impossible, we need to realize that God has a place and a purpose for those times in, our, in his overall plans for our lives. Amen? It's not the end of the world. Now, it may seem like it to us at the particular moment, but we have to remind ourselves, wait a minute, now, God has a, now if, I, if I'm not the one who made the, the dumb decision to begin with, but I find myself under pressure from things around me that are happening and taking place around me, then yeah, sure enough, I may make some poor decisions as, as, as a reaction or as a reflex uh, to the particular problems around me. Uh, and uh, if I'm not careful... Uh, I have to remind myself that, wait a minute, God has a purpose, God has a plan, and I need to be patient to discover what God's purpose and God's plan is for this and his plan for me in the midst of this particular problem, amen? So we really have to get our thinking in, in that, focus in that direction, that no matter what happens to me, uh, and God has brought that into my life, then he has a purpose and he has a plan for it. I just need to kind of go along for the ride and do what God wants me to do. So for, for, for David, uh, because of his rash choice, his rash decision, and because he's going to look to the Philistines uh, to shelter him against uh, from King Saul, uh, matters did get worse. <clears throat> now, he felt safer with the godless Philistines. Isn't that amazing? Uh, rather than being in his own country where God was the, the living God of, of all creation, <clears throat> um, uh, he somehow felt that he'd be better off over with the godless Philistines than with the Lord God. Now, surely Saul won't bother me now. Well, Saul may not have bothered him, but his choices and decisions are going to haunt him. And about the time that one thinks they can, uh, uh, can't look uh, any more foolish, uh, David shows us, oh, well, yeah, we can. Uh, about the time we think we've got a handle on this, that, or the other thing there, then God shows us and reminds us, yeah, things can get worse along the way. So among the next foolish decision he makes, he seeks shelter in the town of Gath. Now, you say, well, what's so unique about the town of Gath? Well, guess, guess, who was, guess who was born and raised there? Goliath. Guess who destroyed and killed Goliath on the battlefield? David. You really think the people in Gath were going to be excited about seeing David there? Not hardly. So he wasn't, again, a lot of times when we get ahead, uh, when, we, when we get excited or or we feel that somehow we've got to make our own way through this mess or that mess, whichever it might be, uh, that we can make matters worse and we make some crazy decisions that really puts us in harm's way. So the people in, in, the, in the town of Gath, they were, not, they were not happy to see David. They didn't embrace him, to say the least. And yes, they took him captive and they brought him to King Achish uh, of, of the Philistines, who was not happy to see David at all. Now, Satan succeeding in, succeeded, I should say, in causing David to stumble by creating a, a diversion through King Saul's threat to David's life, uh, in which David took his eyes from the Lord. And that's, what the, that's how the devil works. Uh, when you and I are, are walking some difficult times, health issues, um, maybe it's this pandemic issues or whatever it might be, uh, the things that you're facing that you're maybe having a difficult time with, just like that CEO uh, or founder of uh, the uh, uh, Texas Roadhouse. <clears throat> uh, he didn't see any other way out. Uh, so he, he took his own life. Well, there's always a way out for the child of God. 
if you are genuinely saved and you have any kind of a relationship with the Lord and you've been uh, building and developing that relationship, then you know down deep in your heart that there is always a way out. Amen? Always a way out of that thing if we're going to be patient waiting on the Lord. But the Lord has his purposes and his reasons. Uh, it may well be that unsaved family members, uh, God wants uh, your unsaved family members to see you going through this and, and to see you being just as cool and stable and as faithful and trusting to God without flipping out or getting angry or getting mad or anything like that. And, and they will marvel down deep inside and say, I don't understand that. If that had been me there, I, I, you know, because they say whatever they're going to say that they might do uh, along the way. Uh, but there you are, you're as cool as a cucumber going through all these difficult times because you know that God's got his hand on you and God is bigger than your circumstances and so he's got his hand on the circumstances, amen? Uh, we just have to continually to, to remind ourselves, but you see, David panicked and that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to panic so we can't think clearly and we make poor decisions in that particular process. And so uh, David succeeded in causing David to stumble by creating a diversion through King Saul, a uh, threat to his life. And it never changes for anyone who is the Lord's. When we take our eyes from the Lord, we will always make matters worse for us. And as well, usually it makes matters worse for others. Another observation, many times, if not uh, uh, there all the time, others get hurt during this particular time. Back to Samuel chapter 21. Well, we look back here in uh, chapter 21, back verses 1 through 7, very quickly here. Then came David to Nob, uh, to Abimelech, the priest, and uh, Ahimelech, I said Abimelech, I'm sorry, Ahimelech, the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid of the meeting of David. Now, the king, uh, the, the priest was already a little bit worried about David coming there, because he knew that King Saul was after him. He knew that King Saul wanted him dead, and this would not bode very well for, for Ahimelech if uh, somehow word got out that uh, David had a meeting with, with Ahimelech. And so uh, uh, at, the, at, at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? And David said unto Ahimelech. So now he's lying to the priest. He's not telling the truth. And that's the first, uh, one of the first real serious problems after he chose to, uh, to turn away from, from the Lord. And David said unto Ahimelech, the priest, the king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee and what I have commanded thee. And I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now, therefore, what is under thine hand? Uh, give me five loaves of bread in mine hand, or, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came, came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is, is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him uh, a hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord uh, to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, destined uh, before the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. So he's there lying to the priest, and he's taking things that uh, were questionable for him to even have. Uh, he eventually asked for the sword of, Saul, of, of uh, Goliath uh, as a weapon there. And of course, uh, Doeg is a nasty man. Uh, he is an absolute nasty man. Uh, he, he would just soon kill someone and look at him. And so we look at 1 Samuel 22, verse 7. We see uh, what happens to Ahimelech, uh, a godly man because of David. Now, 
Ahimelech would have lived his probably his natural life if David hadn't come along uh, and lied. So you look in uh, chapter 22, looking in verse 7, and it says, Then Saul, uh, then said Saul unto his servants that stood about him, Hear now, ye Benjamites, will the son of, of, uh, of, uh, uh, of Jesse give every one of you uh, fields or vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, that all of you have conspired against me? And there is none that showeth me that my son hath made a league with the son of Jesse. And there is none of you that is sorry for me or showeth unto me that my son hath stirred up my servant against me to lie in the wait, uh, to lie in wait as at this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, which was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the sons of Jesse coming to Nob to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitab. And he, he, he uh, inquired of the Lord for him and gave him victuals and gave him the sword of Goliath, uh, the Philistine. And then the king sent to call Ahimelech, the priest, the son of Ahitab, and all his father's house, and the priests that were in Nob. And they uh, came, all of them, to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, thou son of Ahitab. And he answered, Here am I, my lord. And Saul said unto him, Why have ye conspired against me, uh, thou and, and the son of Jesse, in that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast required of God for him that he should rise at... <clears throat> Arise against me until I wait as at this day. Then Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who is so faithful among all thy servants as David, uh, which is the king's son in law, and uh, goeth uh, at thy bidding and is honorable in thine house? And the rest of the verses, if you would read down there, you see that finally he calls uh, on, on King Saul, calls for uh, some of his men who were by him to take the uh, Ahimelech's life as well as those who were with him. And the other priests that were there, they refused to do that. And Doeg said, I had no problem. He went over there and he slew all of them. All because David made the decision that he was going to make. Not to trust God, but to take matters into his own hand. Anytime we usually do that as the children of God, we're going to take things in our own hands. Uh, without his guidance, then we're going to make some big mistakes. So uh, as King Achish watched this one-time hero scratching at the gate, spittle drawn down his face, slobbering all over the place, acting like a man who needed to be in a straitjacket, a young man with a sling that killed the, their champion Goliath, now acting like a crazy man, a deranged man, and certainly not part of how God would have planned it, I'm sure. Uh, so David is booted from the king's presence, uh, and he returns to his men. Uh, he has acted like a fool, but prayerfully, <clears throat> excuse me, having learned a very, very valuable lesson in the process. So I'd rather learn lessons the right way than have to learn the hard way. And that's not always easy for me to do. So he behaved foolishly, jeopardized, jeopardized his life, the life of his men, and their families, because they weren't traveling, traveling lightly. And uh, it cost the priests of Nob all their lives. I forget, was it like 70 of them that uh, Doeg killed? Four, at least 40, minimum 40. Uh, and uh, were just simply annihilated. So here's the problem. David disappointed God. And I believe when David began to reflect back, he really disappointed himself. And Psalm 34 is written uh, on the, the means by which David got his heart right with God and got back to where he was supposed to be. So what can a person do who has seemingly ruined their life or at least feels as a child of God that you have ruined your life? Well, we may make choices and decisions that uh, may be with us for a long time. We may go to the grave with some of the consequences of the choices and the decisions that we have made. But that doesn't mean that we have to live in the valley of the shadows either. So what can a person do? Well, what can a couple do who has seemingly ruined their marriage? What can a person do who has seemingly ruined their life? 
of their testimony. What can one do when they have failed financially because they haven't trusted God? What can one do when it seems that they have ruined their testimony? Uh, about Well, uh, this 34th Psalm will yield three steps that you and I can follow. Uh, if that ever happens to us or if it has happened to us and we're still kind of still climbing up out of the valley, so to speak. Uh, three points that we'll deal with the Lord willing over the next couple of weeks. Is number one was remember our purpose. Remember what our purpose is. He deals with that in Psalm 34, verse 1. And he says there, I said, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Uh, we sing a song that carries those words, oh, magnify the Lord, amen. And then uh, remember our past. Remember the problems that we have created, verses 4 through 6. And then the third point will be remember other people. Uh, David wanted to get the message out to others. He had failed not just only God, he had not only disappointed himself, but I believe he had set a terrible example for all those who were close to him and following him along the way. And he was remembering these things here, and he wants others to know, listen, uh, I made a mistake. If you make a mistake, this is how we get it straightened out with the Lord. Amen. So that's where we'll be over the next couple of weeks, and I'm a little bit later than I thought I was going to be.